The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. Have you ever had a time in your life when you've seen a change or a transition coming on the horizon and you felt like that you were not qualified to take steps forward towards it? Nothing bad or terrible, just something new. Perhaps it was big, it was exciting. And you questioned yourself, am I actually able to tackle this? Am I able to perform or meet the expectations that I have or someone else has placed on me? I think we all probably at some point have been in a place of that change or transition and you're sitting here wondering today, I don't know what to do. But it happens at all stages of life. I can relate to this too. I just got married. That's a big, huge thing. Maybe you are a parent or about to become a parent. Maybe you're a grandparent. Maybe it's the job. Maybe you're hoping to get a new job or maybe it's your boss that expects you to step into a new role or a position and there's that high level of expectation and you look at this and say, wow, this is, this is awesome. This is great, but I really don't know if I can actually do that. Do they really expect me to do that? I don't know if I can actually handle this change or transition. Well, this kind of scenario that we all face from time to time has actually happened throughout human history. Spider-Man is just a story, but today we're going to look at a story that actually happened in God's Word, and it, it focuses around a character by the name of Joshua. Now, you might not have ever heard of Joshua before, but I'm guessing you probably have heard of his mentor, a guy by the name of Moses. Moses was the guy that got the Israelites the chosen people of God, out of Egypt. They were being held there in captivity and bondage as slaves. And God raises up Moses as a leader and he leads them out of Egypt. He gets them to the Red Sea. You might remember this story. He gets there, they're trapped. God tells them to hold out his staff. The Red Sea parts, they cross over on dry land, escape the Egyptians that are pursuing them. And they get close to this area that God has set aside for them, this great thing on the horizon that God has called the promised land, this area I prepared for my people. But the people don't want to go in. They make a mistake, they don't trust God, and as a punishment, God forces them to wander for 40 years through the wilderness. And now, on the back end of this, it's finally time for them to go into the promised land. It's time for that to happen, but God has told Moses, you're not the one to get them in there. Instead, it's going to be your assistant, the guy that you have raised up, the guy that you have mentored, a guy by the name of Joshua. And I think if I was in Joshua's shoes, that would be a lot of weight. I've got to lead these people. They've only followed one leader before, the, before me. It was Moses, kind of like being the second president of the United States. George Washington was great. How am I supposed to continue on? But not only that, I saw how everyone messed up before and this time, I don't want to be trapped in the wilderness for another 40 years. I've got to do this right. He feels that weight. He feels that burden. But then all of a sudden, something happens. Moses dies. And now it is entirely up to him. We see this recorded in Scripture in Joshua chapter 1, where it reads this. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord, the Lord comes and speaks to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come. The time is now for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I am giving them. Again, I cannot fathom that responsibility. And literally, you see Joshua almost kind of having a flashback. Moses was before the Red Sea. Now I am standing before the Jordan River, 
Am I actually able to do this? Am I actually able to do what God wants me to do? Probably the same thing we feel in our lives. We see our, if you will, our Jordan River in front of us, our time of change. And we realize that the time is now, there's no escaping it but are we actually able to do it? I love the fact that God literally comes and he encourages Joshua during this time. But check this out. He goes another step further and gives him some other important words. And continuing in verse five, it says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and courageous being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do, do not turn from it to the left, to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written therein. And get this, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I love it in this scripture as God is literally encouraging Joshua, if you will, he's giving a pep talk. Three times in there, he tells him, be strong and be courageous. Sometimes God has to tell us things multiple times before we actually hear it. And in this case, I think it was really important to hear, for Joshua to hear this, because the greatest challenge that Joshua is going to face wasn't the Jordan River crossing. It wasn't defeating the enemies in the land. No, it was conquering something that he had inside of him. It's something that we all have inside of us. And that thing is, fear. We all have fear, and God knows our fear. He knows our fear because he knows us. But we all are trapped in that level of fear. Maybe it's you're looking at that horizon, that change, that transition, and you don't know how you're going to do it. You don't know how that's actually going to be successful. And you feel that fear that's weighing down on you, a little bit of being frightened and scared. You know, as, as it might be, that fear is not originating from what's ahead. It's actually originating from what's within. You see, when we have fear, it's literally a lack of trust. That lack of trust is because we are looking at ourselves for our own abilities and our own um, skills to get us to the place where we think we have to go. And when we realize we come short, we become afraid. And see, at the root of that is not a lack of skill. It's not a lack of ability. It's because that fear is driven by an internal problem that sabotages all of us with fear. And that is a problem that we call sin. Biblical scholars call it sin. Basically, sin is anything we think, say, or do that does not please God. It's giving in to the selfish desires that we have that result in fear because we realize we are not good enough. When we get into those selfish things, when we do sin in our lives, not only does it present fear in our lives, but also separates us from God. We actually turn tail and run the other way from God, doing things our own way rather than God's way. And this is disastrous because you have a God that loves you very, very much. He does not want you to live a life that's filled with fear. He does not want you to live a life that's separated from him. So God did something very special and very important for each every one of us, including me. He got involved. He loved you so much not to leave you in your fear, but to bring a finality to it. So what he did was he sent his beloved son, Jesus Christ, to earth. And Jesus would come, he would live a perfect life, and then he would die. He would take on himself 
your punishment for sin. The Bible tells us that the punishment for sin is, is death and separation from God, eternal judgment. And Jesus willingly, not because he had to, but willingly he took that on himself. Why? Because he didn't want you to stay trapped in it. He wanted to provide for you an escape. He took that punishment on himself. He died because that was the only punishment that God would accept for payment for our sin. But then Jesus did something incredible. The story doesn't end there. He did something incredible that no other human in human history has ever done with their own power. He came back to life. Because Jesus Christ came back to life, he not only has victory over our sin, he has victory over that fear that we all struggle with, that we all feel bound to, that prevents us from going forward. He eliminates that. And the way he eliminates that is because it comes back to us realizing it's not about us, it's about him. You see, when we accept Jesus Christ, which is simply saying yes to him, believing in him by faith, asking for forgiveness of sins, something incredible happens. When we do that, God's spirit literally comes and lives in our spirit. We are no longer defined by ourselves, by our sin, but by the very person of Jesus Christ. So that when we would be afraid and afraid because of our lacking, we have within us the power of God his Holy Spirit that indwells us. We never walk alone through life anymore. We are no longer have to live in fear because we have the one that has victory over fear living inside of us. And that same thing that was true for you and I today, if we put our faith in Jesus, was true for Joshua as well. And that's why God actually encouraged Joshua with a similar thing, by encouraging him that he's with him. Check this out. Joshua chapter one, I'm gonna go back to verses five and nine. It says, I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Do not be frightened, no fear, and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What that means for us today, I didn't lose it. <laughs> what that means for us today is that God promises to always be with us. God promises to always be with us. When we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we're no longer alone. We're no longer trapped in that fear. We can actually move forward beyond it because we have him living inside of us. That's incredible. That's powerful. And it means that we never feel like that we're trapped alone. He promises us to be continually with us. Now, when that happens, when our identity is changed, when we are raised to life, that means that we can go forward to those things that are on the horizon. We don't have to be afraid of them. That change or transition that is coming ahead, the things that God is literally moving us towards, we have an ability to step towards because we are empowered by God. We have this Holy Spirit living inside of us. And this was true also for Joshua. Remember, Joshua is saying they're looking at the Jordan River. And again, I cannot imagine the weight on his shoulders, realizing that Moses had done it before his way. How in the world am I going to do it now? So check this out. In Joshua chapter 3, it continues on by saying this. In the morning, Joshua said to the priests, lift up the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant being this sacred chest or box that symbolized the presence of God um, among the Israelites. Lift up the Ark of the Covenant and lead the people across the river. And so they started out and went ahead of the people. The Lord told Joshua, today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. I love this verse because it's the assurance again to Joshua that I am with you. And what I have promised and told you is actually going to happen. You're gonna become a great leader, not because you have the skills or the abilities, 
Yes, you've received training. Yes, you've grown and developed, but it's not because of that because I'm equipping you. I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to allow you to step forward into the path that I have for you. The story goes on. I'm not going to share the rest of the passage for time, but they step into the water, and guess what happens? The Jordan River parts. Similarly, but not the same way as what it did for Moses. Moses, it, it was like, it was held back on both sides. For the Jordan River, it was one side. It dried up, but it's same idea. They were able to cross over on draw, dry land. And see, for us, God is also saying to us, I want you to move forward. I want you to go towards that thing that's on the horizon, your Jordan River. You may not even be able to see it clearly. You might know it's something out there. It may be very specific in your mind, but God is literally inviting you into the calling that he has for you. He invites us. He says, come forward. This is the calling that I have for you. And you know, in our lives today, maybe it is something that you very clearly know what God has told you to do. And it doesn't have to be anything huge. It can be something huge. It can be just something small. Fun fact, sometimes we think that to be more spiritual or to be more godly is that I'm doing more and more and more and my schedule becomes more and more packed with the things of God. And if only I'm doing my true calling is I'm gonna have a packed schedule and people are gonna look me at this, this pious person. That's not the case. Your calling is obedience to God. It may be something small. It may be serving God once a month. It may be something huge. It may be a lifelong commitment. That is not for me or anyone else to judge. That's between you and God. But if you're sitting here today and you're saying, you know what, I don't know exactly what my calling is. I don't know. I don't even feel maybe that, that pressure or that, that tug or that pull towards the thing of God. And you're saying you're a Jesus follower. May I, may I give you this consideration? What I've come to believe is that a lot of times our calling is concealed when we are not committed to the conclusion. Our calling becomes concealed when we are not committed to the conclusion. What I mean by that is that if we are not committed to go the full way that God wants us to go, he may not even open the door. And that scares me, that frightens me. I want to be all in. I want to say, God, I am willing to go. I'm willing to cross that river, whatever it might be. I'm willing to go that distance. But sometimes, if you're feeling today, maybe that calling isn't present. Maybe it's just a a conversation you have with God saying, you know what, God, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to take that step. I'm willing to do this because I believe that you are inviting me to it, and I'm trusting that calling, that desire, that path forward in my life. But here's the beauty of this, is that when you look at this story, again, looking between Joshua and Moses, it wasn't anything fancy that they did. Moses literally held out his staff. It's what he had in hand. Joshua got the Ark of the Covenant nearby. But both of these, God doesn't tell them to go fetch it. He just says, this is what's nearby, go use this. And I think this is a good picture for us because sometimes we feel that when we have that great big calling in our life of something that God wants us to do, whether it's huge or small, we don't feel like we're qualified to do it, we don't have the skills to do it, God is gonna use what he has placed in your hands. He's gonna use the abilities, skills, and talents. And by the way, oftentimes the enemy is gonna come by and tell you that you're not good enough guess what? You don't have to be. God will make you good enough. God will grow you, develop you, and he will lead you in the place to get to the place he wants you to be. But honestly, all God wants you to do is to be your true self. He wants you to be your true self. Now, what this does not mean is that we get to do whatever we want to do. That's not what this means at all. What it does mean, though, is that the, the things that God has gifted you with, he will take, he will grow, and he will develop them. Now, along with this, bear in mind that we are being grown and developed along the way. 
God will place people in your lives to speak into you, to train, to develop, and to grow you. He will also allow times where you are spending time with him through prayer, through reading the Bible, where he will speak to you and grow and develop you that way. It happens a lot of different ways. And that was the case true also with Joshua. Check this out. Joshua chapter, back to chapter one says this. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. He's saying, follow carefully out of what you've been taught and trained, Joshua. It was good stuff. And here's what I want to point out. God is telling Joshua to stay faithful to the teaching and the instruction he received from Moses after Moses blew it. You remember, Moses did not do things right, and that's what actually caused him not to be able to go into the promised land. There was a punishment. He was not able to go. And God still says, you know what? People aren't perfect, but the words I give to them to speak into your life are. And I want to challenge you in your life. I don't know who has spoken into your life. Maybe there's been someone that you looked up to that was really pointing you back to God, and they let you down. Don't cast aside all the things of God because of a person's failure, because we fail too. The truth of God remains. And that's why this next part is so important. Joshua 1.8 says this. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. And then the promise here. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. You want to have good success in your life for the normal things and the big things on the horizon? Simply put, listen to God. Talk to God. Think about the things of God and do what God tells you to do. It sounds simple, and it is, but we oftentimes get in the way because honestly, when you look at it, it's not up to us. Our hope is not found within us. We are not enough. Truly, God is our hope. He was the hope for Joshua and the Israelites, and he is our hope today. No matter what things you are facing, no matter what challenges you may see on the horizon that God is calling to you, he is your true hope. Now that's easy to say. It's easy to say that God's our hope. It's easy to say that God's always with us. But when push comes to shove, how in the world are we actually supposed to respond to it? A great picture of this we actually see in the movie. So I want to show you this clip. I want you to pay attention because as Miles is sitting here struggling the fact of, am I really Spider-Man? He receives some counsel. You're going to hear it in this clip, and then he's going to respond and do something about it. Check it out. So I'll be honest, I love movies and this scene makes my hair stand up on end. And it's not really just because of what's happening, it's that whole situation. Miles sits there on the edge and he hears the words of his mentor. It's all about taking a leap of faith. As a Jesus follower, your fear can be transformed into faith. How? Fear always invites true hope. You bring Jesus into the equation. He may not get rid of the trouble, but he will add himself to it. And that is how we respond in faith, is by taking our leap of faith. We need to, all of us, take our leap of faith. Now you might say, how in the world is that possible? You have no idea what's facing me in the horizon. I don't feel like I'm equipped or qualified to do that. 
You're right, I don't, but God does. And check this out. This is what he says in his word in Ephesians. This is how we can take our leap of faith. Ephesians chapter two says this, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up, raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You see, for us to take this leap of faith that God desires each and every one of us to do, the ability to do that starts with this. We need to accept our identity in Christ. We need to accept our identity in Christ. Oftentimes, our identity, believe it or not, is not found in Christ. It is found somewhere else. As much as you would like to say that we're Jesus followers, we love Jesus, if you do a hard, honest check at yourself, your identity may not be found there. Here's what I mean. Take a look at things in your life that would ruffle your feathers, things that you would cause a fight over, you would feel like I have to get up in arms over. Would it be those things that your identity is focused on? It might be your social class. It might be your job. It might be your gender, your race, your income, all these things. And the problem is if that is where your identity is found, you will never be able to take a leap of faith. Identity apart from Jesus Christ is idolatry. Identity apart from Jesus Christ is idolatry and those things can sabotage us. It prevents us from taking that leap of faith because why? We have placed something over God as importance in our life. If our identity is not secure in Jesus Christ, we will never be able to take that leap of faith. Even though God calls you and desires you towards it, you've got to have that settled in yourself. It's not about me. It's not about what defines me. It's about Jesus Christ who lives inside of me and defines me. That is an identity that we must accept if we want to take that leap of faith. Now, not only do we take our leap of faith by accepting our identity in Jesus, but something else. Check this out. At the end of Ephesians, it says this, at the middle of the chapter. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, God has a calling that he has designed, crafted, and built just for you. Just for you. And you can take that leap of faith because we can live our identity in Jesus. We need to live our identity in Jesus. Here's what I mean. Your identity will have impact. If your identity is found in something else in Jesus, it will have an impact that way too. But if our identity is found in Jesus Christ, we will have impact, incredible impact. Impact that will change the world. Impact that can change Chambersburg. Imagine with me for a moment, for a moment, if we all took our leaps of faith towards whatever God is calling you towards, whatever God is saying, jump all in. When Miles jumped off that building, he was all in. There was no turning back. It was a commitment. It was trust. It was faith. What if we all took that leap of faith? Imagine what it would look like. Imagine what it would look like for you personally. Imagine what it would look like for your family. Imagine what it would look like for this city. Imagine what it would look like for the world. Now, here's the tragedy of all of this is that you and I, as Jesus followers, get comfortable. We get very satisfied with the fact that we can show up at a school, we can worship God, all great things, and then we can leave. Your identity has, the, has impact behind it. People are expecting that impact in their lives. People's lives may be forever 
subject to eternity apart from God because we don't step forward in our identity and our calling. So what if we did? We cannot stay satisfied seated. We gotta stand up and take a leap of faith. I mentioned before, maybe some of you, maybe lots of you, me too, maybe God has put something on your heart. Maybe you can see it on the horizon and you're saying there is no way. I cannot do that. It might be small, it might be big, but you're saying that's not me, I don't have the ability, I cannot commit, I cannot jump all in. And I'm telling you today, you can. By faith in God, you can take that leap of faith and he desires for you to do that. He desires for you to step forward in your calling. And I don't know what that is. Maybe you don't know what it is today. You're feeling like, God, I I feel your presence. I know you want me to get involved. You want me to serve you. And I don't know how to serve you. Here at Lifehouse, there's lots of ways you can serve. Now, I'm not doing this as a recruitment plug, but I'm saying our job is to equip us all so we can do things for God, the work of the ministry. There's opportunity here for you to serve, but I don't want to encapsulate that for you. There may be other things that God is placing in your heart. Maybe it is an area of service that you know you should get involved in and maybe you just haven't taken that step. Maybe it's something larger. I I believe there might be in our midst people that have God-given dreams to start churches, to start nonprofits. Maybe you go into missions, go full-time missions, or maybe go on a mission trip. I don't know. It's between you and God. My challenge for all of us today is we have got to take a leap of faith. If we don't, people won't find out about Jesus. So here's what we're going to do. And I want to explain this to you because if I was in your place, I would want to know what's about to happen. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to saying, yes, I want to serve God. And it may be in one of the ways I described. It may be in some other way. I don't know. But I'm going to give you a moment here in a couple seconds where you can have that pause, that quiet time. And during that time, I'm literally going to ask you, if you're saying yes to Jesus today, and I want to serve God with everything I am, I want to go full force. I want to take that leap of faith. I want to jump towards the things that God has for me on the horizon. I want to encourage you, put your hand up. And what's going to happen, so that you know, is our, one of our team members are going to come by, and they're going to put a card in your hand. Now, this, team, this card says Dream Team on it. By all means, you can get involved in a Dream Team, but I don't want it to be limited to that. I want you just to respond, say, you know what, God, I want to follow after you. I want to take that leap of faith. We're going to ask you just to give us your contact information so we can contact you. We're going to follow up with you, and we're going to help you with whatever way we can to move you towards the calling that God has in your life. But it all starts with that leap of faith. So I want to ask you right now, would you please put your heads down? Would you close your eyes and just have a moment quiet with God? Ask God, what leap of faith do you want me to take today? God, Lord, we thank you so much for Jesus Christ who allows our lives not to be defined by fear, but by faith. God, Lord, I thank you that when we turn to you and accept you as our Lord and Savior, that you have a calling ahead for us. You have things that you want us to do. You want to use us to serve you. And God, Lord, I pray right now for courage, for boldness, that God, we all would respond to wherever it is you are calling us to whether we're not involved or we are currently involved. Maybe it's another next step of way just to follow after you, but God, I pray that we would respond with boldness. I pray for that faith. I pray that we take a leap. Right now, if that's you, 
and you're saying, God, I am all in. I know that you are calling me to serve, to take a next step, and I am willing to take that leap of faith. Well, right now, will you please raise your hand? Who cares what the person next to you thinks? Who cares what the rest of the world thinks? You're saying, God, I am all in. I am jumping off this building. I am leaving it totally to you. And I'm saying, God, I'm gonna follow after that dream, that desire, that area of service, no matter how small or how large it's gonna be, I'm gonna be totally committed to you. Yes, God, I'm going all in. I'm going all in just for you. One more right here. Yes, if that's you, go ahead and raise your hand right now. Raise your hand, say, yes, God, I am all in. Imagine if God can do it. I wanna take a moment, I wanna pray with you right now. God, Lord, we believe in big things that you want to do here today through these individuals. And God, I pray for all of us that we would take that leap of faith, that we would not be confined but that we have moved forward. God, Lord, would you lead us? Would you guide us? Would you empower us by your Holy Spirit to do the incredible things that you desire to do so that people can come to know you as their Lord and Savior? It's in all these things we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.